1: Hi, this is Sean Williams. I'm one of the co-founders of Gideon Media, and I want to talk to you about a show we love called Greater Boston. This show is so freaking good, it's impossible for me to tell you how excited we are. Uh, Greater Boston is, (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. It starts with uh, the character Leon Stamatis, a man who can bear no uncertainty, no surprise, So when he is faced with the inevitable thrills of a Wonderland roller coaster, he does the only logical thing for him. He mutters nope and preemptively expires. And that changes the course of lives all throughout the city. In an alternate universe urban fantasy where the subway's red line secedes to form an independent city. The show is so fantastic. Everybody I know loves it so much. You will, too. You can find Greater Boston anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's on every podcatcher. And we are so pleased to present to you an episode of Greater Boston.
0: Leon Stamatis died on a roller coaster at the age of 32. It was not a dramatic death. His car did not detach from the rails. His body did not loose itself from its seat. His death was quiet unobtrusive. In that way, you could even say that Leon found the kind of death he'd always planned for. He'd had profound misgivings about boarding the ride in the first place. He'd never been an adventurer, not like his little brother Dimitri, who had disappeared into the mysterious labyrinth of the world, nor a thrill-seeker like Nika, who grinned wider for every inch the line advanced. It had been Nika who had goaded Leon into coming here in the first place, escorting him via the red line from Porter Square to Park Street, briefly boarding the green line to reach the government center connection, where they boarded the stygian blue line, which ferried them mercilessly to its terminus. Wonderland. Once there, Nika insisted that the absurdly named roller coaster be their first stop, pulling him by the cuff of his sleeve. She had brought him out here specifically to cheer him up after the end of his most recent relationship, She saw not so much a responsibility as an opportunity to be useful, and Leon felt obliged to indulge her, to allow her that pride of having comforted a loved one in need. So he put on his smile, took deep breaths, and shuffled along the crowd control maze that guided him toward his destiny. He knew he could change his mind. It's not as though he had inscribed this into his schedule. The trip itself, sure, it was right there in his Google Calendar. Post-relationship outing with Nika. Destination, Wonderland. But nothing committing to the roller coaster. Certainly not some rickety monster called, good lord, Whirladon? And if it wasn't on his schedule, then he didn't have to do it. He reminded himself with every step. As he approached the polo-shirted teen with the child-measuring rod, he reminded himself. As he stepped off the platform into the third car from the front, he reminded himself. But when the shoulder cage descended over his head, he realized he was too late. The appointment was confirmed. He didn't even mind so much that his relationship had fallen apart. He was more concerned about the precarious state of his job. He'd found the relationship stressful, Luisa expecting outings on a moment's notice, to movies, to dance clubs all the way to the North End for Florentine Cannoli at Mike's Pastry. It wouldn't have been so bad if only she had planned ahead, given him a month's warning, or maybe two. Heck, he liked North End, where the streets were permanently tacky from the Great Molasses Flood, so you had to slow down your step just a little, or the sidewalks would pull your shoes right off. But Louisa sprang things on him. Cooking classes, and dinner reservations, and IMAX showings of documentaries about Antarctica. It was too much. The operator released the cars, and Leon was jerked forward. He laughed once, the way a condemned man laughs when he doesn't quite believe what's coming. Nika misunderstood, gave him a nod and a grin. As the car rose, Leon began planning he would keep his hands and arms inside the car, of course. He would not give up his one means of anchoring himself should the safety harness fail. There weren't any good handholds. Holding the harness itself wouldn't help. If the harness detached, he'd just have a good grip on it as they flew off into the atmosphere together. But there wasn't even a lap bar, since the five-point harness was expected to suffice. Leon was not so trusting. He understood the need to be proactive To ensure his own security. That was why he'd begun job hunting, despite having a job in which he'd been content for ten years. The publishing industry was shrinking. He had survived the first round of layoffs, but he needed to be ready for the second. The cars clacked, dragged forward by the chain through the ratcheting mechanism of the side rails. He understood that this was a safety system, an assurance that the cars could never fall backwards, simultaneously snapping the necks of every passenger on the train. Understanding made the sound no less ominous. Up they clacked, up and up and up. He couldn't believe how far up, how long they ascended, whole lifetimes passing while Nika bounced in the seat beside him. He had never been good at anticipation. There was no joy in it for him, only the dread of uncertainty, the panic of surprise. As a child, he had refused to open his own Christmas presents, insisting that Nika and Dmitri do it for him while he waited in the next room with his eyes closed. His siblings reported back to him dutifully, carefully detailing what they had found, most significant presents first, so as to ease the greatest anxieties then continuing in order of diminishing value to end in the familiar safety of socks and number-two pencils. Only once he knew every item had assuaged all lingering mystery would he dare to set eyes on the totems of affection his family had chosen for him. He discovered that if he stretched his arms far enough, he could hook his fingers under the bottom of the seat itself. The metal was filthy and unpolished in this unseen space. It cut into his fingers. He calculated dates to reassure himself that his tetanus inoculations were current. They were. So that was one less thing at least. Tetanus was not among the uncertainties. Leon could bear no uncertainty. He was the sort who would gladly accept knowledge of the exact time and cause of his death, given the opportunity. He wouldn't even try to change that fate. The knowing would be enough, more than enough, better than avoiding it only to land back in the limbo of uncertainty. He'd even applied for a position at an astrology magazine, not because he believed in astrology, which he did not, but simply because he respected the art's goal, the complete elimination of the unknown, a life without surprises, without the unexpected, without unanticipated terrors. However much about the world changed... "'superstition would always be a constant. "'Perhaps all the more so in times of upheaval. "'Just look at Dimitri, "'run off into the woods in search of implausible creatures, "'or Nika hanging her hopes on chance encounters with famous strangers. "'Yes, astrology was a counterintuitively solid post "'to which Leon could tie his ship. "'He thought about all of that during the interminable rise along the track, "'but soon enough all that time was reduced to a mere blip, "'the end come much too soon.' as Leon saw the passengers in the head car raise their hands in the air just before disappearing over the zenith of the track, followed by the second car, and then there he was, at the peak, looking out over the edge at a 200-foot vertical drop, followed by an array of twists and loops, He tried to make the calculations, to consider how best to turn his body or shift his weight or anchor his hands, but he knew it was hopeless. Whatever was going to happen would happen far too fast for any of his careful preparations to mean anything at all. Either his little pod would drive itself into the ground with crushing force, or it wouldn't. It would fly free of its rails, or it wouldn't. It would kill him, or it wouldn't was no solution to this puzzle, save to wait and hope. And now here was Nika tossing her hands in the air with no concerns at all. Leon just couldn't do it. He took one look from atop that rickety wave of track, that dizzying array of speed and surprise, and embraced the greatest certainty he could muster. He muttered a single word. Nope then preemptively expired, willfully exited the world without feeling even the first breeze of dissent.
1: This is an advertisement. My name is Leon Stamatis. I worked in the publishing industry for several years. I am currently dead. Not just him. The singing telegram guy, too. I would. But we're coming up on our stop. Rewire a wife. Relieve our strife. Remove the knife. And who have you in mind to lob the first tone or whatever ceremonial silliness? Choose to be the best Ben Affleck you can be. Turns out nobody ever wants. to... Watch me kill Superman. And... Do you have any
0: properties with two? I
1: don't know where this guy gets his information, but it's like he's got a crystal ball or something. We are certainly not Muppets. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, cheese balls. How could he have a B,
0: C, D, and E train but no A train?
1: That seems a little far fetched, doesn't it? She enabled my saviors to rescue me from that malevolent villain's secret laboratory.
0: Arr, this is so awkward. I think
1: he'd like a book about lock picking. No cheese. No ketchup. A single fresh pickle. You
0: hire me, this is what you fucking get. Along with a badass veterinarian who will nurse every one of your animals back to health with love and medical fucking know-how. Mick
1: Jagger, Keith Richards, Brian, Jonestown, Massacre. Season 4
0: of Greater Boston finally coming this fall of 2022.
1: It's a weird spot to be living in.
0: The Fable and Folly Network. Where Fiction Producers Flourish. It begins, as terrible things often do, with a knife.
1: People of Herta! Chosen children of the knife! A lost soul has come to us. I'm not sure if I can do this. It's always better if you just do it quick.
0: You came to St. Kilda to escape your past but the past isn't so easy to outrun.
1: You always say you're changing, but underneath you're just the same. She was a child, Lockie. You liar!
0: Did you really believe this community would accept you?
1: I think you're meant to be here.
0: A little bird told me that you're a liar.
1: All of this, it comes with a cost, Lockie.
0: Did you really believe you could find redemption?
1: The time for excuses is over.
0: The Secret of St. Kilda, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Season 1 now, and remember, there is no change without sacrifice.